Hey, I'm Camille Joy, and I'm the host of the Moments of Joy podcast. This podcast is dedicated to super moms that don't always feel so super, trauma victims that need an example of how God will pull you through, and those of you that are looking for a little joy. When we go through really hard times, we often feel like nobody can relate. But here on this show, we keep it real in transparency, we keep it real in support, and we keep it real in love for mamas all over the globe. Welcome to the show. I need the joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange, mm-hmm. my day even start late. Hey, you all. Welcome back to another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. I'm so excited to have you back again, MVPs. You guys are amazing. You are my most valuable players. You press play on every episode. You've been sharing this uh, podcast on your social media platforms. You've been engaging with me on social media as well as the show, and I'm so thankful Thank you, thank you, thank you. If this is your first time, welcome to the community, the community of strong moms, the strongest moms in the world. That's what I love to say. Whenever you follow me on social media or on this podcast, just know that you just joined a community you didn't just follow. And so I'm grateful for you. Oh, man, I can't believe we're already in March. (laughs) I said to my friend this week, you know, when we get to April, it's like we might as well be saying Merry Christmas because the year just flies by. So do me a favor, Mom. Be intentional about doing something for you. I was talking to moms on my page and in my stories this week on Instagram, and I was surprisingly shocked to know that most moms will never ask for help. 88%, in fact, were afraid to ask for help. And so I want to encourage you not to worry about judgment. If you need a little help in any area, there is laundry drop-off services. There are meal prep services and meal meal planning services. Eat Evolve, I just did a partnership with. There are There's care.com who ha- has background checked housekeepers and sitters. You guys, please get the assistance that you need. You do not have to bear the brunt of of doing work alone to hold your house down. Whether you are married or single, you know that the role of a mother is a lot. And many women are not prioritizing themselves for fear of judgment of someone else. People will judge you if you're doing good or if you're doing bad, mom. So make sure that you're taking care of you. Today's episode I'm very excited about. Um, My guest is Dana Young Eskew. And I know her. I've, I've talked with her for about a year. I've gotten to know her. She is my friend. She is an autism mom. And she is one who I've been able to personally call on and ask so many questions. Today she's going to talk to us about the effect of autism on the whole family. Um, She's going to talk to us about the effects and how to keep your marriage strong, being an autism parent. And she's going to talk to us about so much more. I'm so excited for you to hear her and what she's about. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. 
I'm so excited today to have with me on the podcast, my new friend, twin mama, <laughs> Dana Young Askew. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. You're welcome. I had the pleasure of meeting Dana on Clubhouse. Of course, she is a, another autism mom. And um, over the past year, we've had so many conversations. I feel like every time I've heard her share um, in a support group or, you know, sometimes on Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, me too, Mason too. So I, I'm, I always say I, Dana is my twin mom. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Dana. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me and congrats to all your growth and success. It's been beautiful to watch you grow over this last year and some change. Thank you so much. I remember, um, you know, just getting to know you first, know you and then see, okay, she knows this person and that person and just, you know, really just um, forming, um, you know, a sisterhood. I know that I could call you and ask you, you know, anything. You're ahead of the game for me. So. You give me a lot of resources. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's always important to have people that you can teach because it gives back, but also mm -hmm. people that you can look up to. Because I have people too that I'm like, okay, Drayden and Seven. So the 10 year old moms, the preteen moms, those are the ones that I'm I'm speaking after too. So it's all about sisterhood. That's right. That's right. All right. So I wanna I wanna dig into a little bit of your story with Drayden and, um, you know, just have conversations that I, I already, you actually were already on the podcast last podcast episode with the families. I put the afternoon of encouragement as an episode that we did. Oh. Yeah, already. So um, this one is you alone. <laughs> but I'd love to ask a few questions about Drayden. Um, let's talk about the beginning of the diagnosis. You know, how old was he? And what was it like um, getting that diagnosis and like accepting that? Oh my gosh, my, we have a son with autism. Yeah, so Drayden is, he has a twin sister and they're uh, my fourth and fifth child. Um, and so Drayden, I noticed a lot of developmental delays early on. Um, with Drayden, he wasn't quite hitting those milestones. He did not um, walk until he was around 14 months and just, um, he wasn't, you know, doing facial expressions, laughing. He was, you know, just not hitting those milestones. So it was a lot for me going back and forth to doctors, asking what's going on, requesting for us to see someone, a lot of them pushing us back really, you know, nothing's going on, everything's fine, mom, give it some time. But for me, I had that real life reference because he had a twin sister and not to say mm -hmm. everyone does everything on time, but also being my right. fourth and fifth kids, I had a little bit of experience of like how this works. Mm -hmm. um, and so he actually got his diagnosis when he was around 25 months. Um, and so for us, it was a relief for a while, but then again, it was another sign of like, okay, we have to hit the ground running. Right. And when I look back, I don't think my husband and I really had a chance to process mm. the diagnosis. I think wow. we were more like, what's next? What's next? What do we have to do? And so for us processing it and all the emotions came a lot later. Wow. That's very interesting because I think, I think it, you said a few things that were, that were important to note that you, you noticed right away 
um, your story right there is different from mine because even though I noticed I was still in denial, I, mm. I let the teachers tell me, even though by six months, I saw that he wasn't turning his head when I said Mason. So like I knew already that there were developmental delays. He really should have been in birth to three. Um, but I think it's interesting that you didn't even take that time to, you know, be all in emotions and, you know, digest. You were like, okay, come on, we got to work now. Yeah, I think for me, that's a, some of it's my personality, right? Like okay. I'm very, that, that's just me. I, I like to, as soon as I see a problem, I like for a solution. I don't really spend too much time in that in between. Okay. Um, but it, it catches up to you because that, I think it worked for my advantage in the beginning, but I would say by the time he was three and four, I was having those emotions and feelings that a lot of people deal with at the very beginning. Okay. Yeah. And we did have them. So what was happening around three or four? I think for me, we were able to, by that time, I felt like we came up for air and everything just hit us. Okay. Um, I can really speak for myself. It was a lot of you know, those first initial feelings of guilt, like, did I do something wrong? Did I miss an appointment? Did I miss a prenatal vitamin? Should I use a different mm -hmm. brand? Um, you know, did I eat all my vitamins? Those type of things, um, you know, type of things in the beginning. And then I think for me also what happened too was a lot of looking so far into the future. Like, you know, he was three and I was already thinking about 18 or mm -hmm. 21 or what. And I've now learned for me, I can only speak for me, that's not a way to go. You know, I can't, I have to parent the child that's in front of me. I always say that I have to parent the Drayden that's in front of me, because if I look too far ahead, it's not good for my mental health. Um, and that's no not to Drayden at all. It's just, you know, real as a caregiver, I have to stay in the present. I can't allow my mind to wander to the what ifs, um, because that can be a dangerous place if we, if we let it go that far. Mm-hmm. I was just giving advice to my 17 year old. He's like feeling the pressure now. He wants to get recruited. He's like, oh my gosh. And I just gave him that advice the other day. You have to stay in the moment. Go day by day. Don't look three years down the line. It's way too overwhelming. Why are you already there in your thoughts? Yeah. You know? Yep. You know, so that's amazing advice all around. Um, and so once Drayden got to be three or four or five, you know, I know that autism for every family is, is so different. So how did it show up for you guys? Um, Drayden's autism showed up from the very beginning. So I know some people have different stories of maybe, you know, two and they had shots for us. It was very beginning. Like I said, he wasn't tracking, he wasn't walking. Um, and then when he was around 18 months, he wouldn't talk, but he would read. Mm. And so I was like, okay, some, right. Somehow he's getting the information in. He's just not able to connect it the way that we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's when I had to learn about his world and how he perceives things. Um, because I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to teach him the way I was able to teach my other children. That's just not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I give the example all the time, like for my other kids, I'm like, if you want to be a big boy, you know, or a superhero, you know, you can't pee in your pants anymore. Mm -hmm. If I say that to Drayden, Drayden's like, Ma, I don't care about being a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's just not going to work, right? 
And so I right. had to teach myself, you know, of okay, this is what's going to work for him. Coming into his world, realizing his special interests, allowing that to work for myself, right? So, you know, there's several things that we've brought over and over as a reward or um, something to help teach him, but he just learns and is motivated different. So I think that's one of the ways that it really showed up for us was reparenting ourselves and learning how to parent different because our kids were seeing a different version. Like I said, we have five kids. The other kids yeah. are like, who is this mom? Right, right. Like, right. We, like we could have never, we could have never made an agreement to eat two peas <laughs> and then to get McDonald's. Um, and so that's really how it showed up for us. Ours is more like a family dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess I have to look at that. Having a big family is harder to just focus on just Drayden, if you know what I mean. Um, right. it, it becomes a family whole family aspect um so that's really how it showed up for us yeah so let's dive into that family how old are your other children so our oldest is 12 he'll be 13 in December and then we have seven-year-old twins and then we have eight-year-old twins and so they're yeah yeah so it's a lot going on it's a lot a lot of dynamics yeah you know I can relate my my oldest son he's 20 and he came here for um during the break for college and he's like mom you would not allow me to be on the counter (laughs) I'm like listen Mason's getting down off the counter he's like and you're not yelling and you're just like Mason get down and who what are you doing and I'm like listen if I knew better I would do better honestly because I had them so young I didn't know any different I was just repeating what I saw or what I thought was best, mm-hmm. you know, and it had nothing to do, um, unfortunately, with anything I learned or, you know, I wasn't trying to parent differently. So I think the beauty of having a child with autism in it is it teaches us how to parent differently. Yeah, I think that that's so much too, because even my oldest, I had him when I was a teenager, you know, and so the mom that I am for Drayden just wasn't there. And I, you know, and I talked to him openly about it now. First, I was very embarrassed and ashamed, but it's just an open dialogue now. And I tell him, you know, he calls me out and stuff. He's like, mom, I would have, and you know, we laugh about it now (laughs) after we work through it because there's a, there's a lot of feelings there too, right? Mm -hmm. On both parts, he has feelings. And then me, you know, thinking of how things, not that he's had a hard time, but some of the struggles that I've seen him go through, I think if I was able to be this parent to him, would he have those same, but you can't do anything about that. You know, you only can realize it, work through it and keep going. Um, But my oldest always says now, but it's really, it's really interesting because my oldest tries to parent Drayden the way that I parent him and the way I talk to him. So if I act out of line, right, if I go back to the old mom, he's like, mom, but you can't, and so it's just, it's a funny check and balance. Um, mm-hmm. um, and he makes me see my growth of yeah. what I used to do or how I would have handled a situation. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, well, I like to call you the queen of resources. So how did you get to this place now where you know all of these amazing resources. I mean, I'll have you drop drop a few for the parents, but like, how did you even get there to know um, about the car seats, about the YMCA, about the waiver list? 
Yeah, I think for me, my motto had to be when I entered this world, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So I let go of like the shame, the embarrassment, I should know this. Um, and just really asking questions when I'm on the phone with the insurance, you know, before I would, I would either skip a question on a form I didn't know, but now I'm like, well, what is this? How does this link to this? So really digging in and asking a lot of questions and surrendering to the fact of what I feel like I should know, because I shouldn't know anything that no one has taught me, right? There's no expectation. That's an unrealistic expectation that I set on myself and it's not healthy. Um, the second thing that I think has really been good for me is I am a very outgoing person. I love people. So being in my community, you learn so much from so many people around you. Um, a, like I said, that have already walked through this life, like Drayden's seven, but there's people who have 10 year olds and 13 year olds and 22 year olds who are able to share a little bit more stuff that they had to learn a different way. So I'm always a sponge soaking in that knowledge. Um, showing up at events, you know, you'll have vendors or um, nonprofits there that, you know, do things. So I was like, I didn't even know this was an option. Wow. So I really tell people stay connected to your community. Social media is lovely. It's great. But also don't be afraid to get into your community because they're going to know the things that are around you. They're going to know a person that you can directly call. There's been so many times, um, there was a period of time where I stopped working because I needed to take care of Drayden and I had a good girlfriend. I called her and I was like, hey, this is what I'm going on. And she was like, here's the direct number to so-and-so at the insurance. You can get paid for being his caretaker. Call her tomorrow. I already texted her and told her you're calling, right? And that's how your community will show up for you. You know, it wasn't nothing where I got rich, but it subsidized what I had. So it wasn't a zero right. and it still allowed us to do so. But I just use that example as building those relationships. And it's not, you know, we don't go out to eat. And actually, it's funny. I've never even met her in person. Now that we're talking, I've wow. met her social media and we live probably 10 minutes away, but wow. life just gets busy. Uh -huh. But I just tell people, stay connected to your community and just be okay with taking in information and asking questions. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And, and I think I've heard you say that before, but it was a good reminder for me because I do not utilize my community. I don't even know what's outside this house <laughs> besides a restaurant or a landmark, but community, I, I don't even know, you know, what yeah. my city or my town has to offer for autistic children because he's not even in public school. He's in, you know, ABA therapy all day. Yeah. Yeah. I challenge you just get out there and you, you won't even know. And to me, it, I need it for my mental health, right? To make sure I always say like, there's a quote, there's a quote that I love that says, who will take care of the caretaker? Um, and that quote has been so important to me because I have to, that reminds me to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. If I wanna show up for Jaden, if I wanna take care of him or my other kids or my husband, I have to take care of myself. Um, and so, those things look different. For me, self-care doesn't always happen. It's not always the nails, hair, different things, but I know I love interactions with people. I've never met a stranger. I can talk to anyone. I, I just love that, right? Um, and so I know being in the community, having my kids in the community, doing those type of things are, are what's going to help take care of this caretaker. Awesome. I love that quote because a lot, like, I don't think the average person can even fathom that like you cannot understand how much of a strain it is um for us Mason has a lot of meltdowns he hasn't 
I don't know if he'll grow out of that or or what. Um, we could have a good week and then we could just have a really bad week where, you know, it's every day. I haven't figured out what triggers are so much. Um, you know, I've learned a few. He doesn't like us talking around him. <laughs> He's like, be quiet. <laughs> and then he'll That's drained. That's drained. If my husband sings, he will say, you're too loud. But the funny thing is my husband has the most beautiful voice. He grew up singing wow. in church. He sings so beautifully, but draining that is a trigger for him. <laughs> and it's so hard for my husband because his natural, like he'll clean and sing, but we have just, you know what? We just avoid it. So even <laughs> when he starts, I said, don't even hum. Don't even because I don't have the energy to even work through it. Absolutely. And then also for for Mason, it's sleep. He just yeah will wake up and stay up all night. And so um those two things together has literally worn me out. Me and my husband and the children. Um, you know, at first Mason was the only one sleeping with the white noise. Um now I see the boys are sleeping with white noise. They found it on YouTube. So if he's up, he's not um, disturbing them. You know, they can yeah. have that noise to kind of buffer it out. <laughs> um, yeah. Our meltdowns slow mm-hmm. down with Drayden. Um, so we we pretty much can tell when it's coming or triggering. And also too, he's, he's developed language. And as we've okay. grown, not really just as his parents, but in relationship, we sort of know him. He knows us, um, but sleep, Drayden still ain't sleeping so maybe maybe Mason mm. will but we, we've just surrendered to the whole sleep thing and wow. higher health because yeah. I don't know how he does it but he can run on three to four hours of sleep mm-hmm. and still have a full functioning day and I'm like bro yeah and, and you just said hired help too I think uh, one thing that we do as mothers just with you know di- disabled children or not um, we try to take everything on by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I didn't even know until last year I was in a outsourcing room with parents from England and moms were saying, you know, in the United States, they do everything themselves and they couldn't even fathom like doing everything. They don't, it's yeah. not normal <laughs> in other countries. They don't take it on all on themselves. Yeah. Going out groceries are being picked up. They're not going shopping, you know, whatever they need, it's okay to outsource. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. And I always tell people like for us, I got, I didn't get comfortable until Drake was like five and a half. And it took me to have a meltdown and everything to be falling apart around me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hate to say that. And I hope another mother or caretaker hears this and doesn't get to that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everything was suffering. My performance at work, you know, um, my relationships with families, uh, friends were frustrated because I wasn't following through on plans. I would read text messages and not respond respond to them. Um, my husband, my, our marriage was suffering. Um, the other kids were acting out and weren't doing as well. So everything really just started crumbling around me. And I was like, okay, enough of trying to do all this myself. And I was like, wherever the main points is where I got the help. And, and sleep is definitely one of his things. So I'm like, okay, I check out from them. I'm going to go lay down and, you know, he has this nurse and if they need anything, they'll wake me up or they'll call, but how many nurses did you go to through? Because I, I didn't say on social media, but I let Mason's PCA go already. Oh, really? I have to get another one. Yeah, so we go she, through a lot. She yelled at him and I was right there. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, I know that's a scary thing for some people and some people would be like, oh no, see, that's why I'm not. But I know that 
we just have to keep trying. You do. And I always say like, for me, um, joining is therapy at school, right? And so I'm not, I always tell the company, I'm not looking for a therapist. Yeah. I need a campaign. And that's just me, right? And yeah. I'm not telling anyone, but it's like, for me, I need someone that's going to go outside and play ball with Drake. Yeah. You know, I'm not as active as I once was, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Drayden still has tons and tons of energy. So it's like, yeah. I need someone who wants to go to the park, blow yeah. bubbles, get in the pool, um, play board games, yeah. watch his shows go refined and fast forward, those type of things. So I always say I'm more so looking for a companion, yeah. but also people who match your type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I know differences are good, but also too, it's like, I know at this point, I'm not in a place where I want to teach people. I don't want, you know, it's like certain things, you know, I will show you the rules of the house, but just all, just all around, I I need you to have some type of understanding. Now, did you Um, work with an agency? I do. I do. I typically do. So he has someone for nights and then he has someone that comes on the weekend. Okay. Yep. And so they're more like family to us. Um, yeah. All my kids know them. Um, yeah. I use them when they leave the company. I keep their numbers for babysitters because they already know Drayden. Um, they know the other kids. They know the routine. They know yeah. the dog. Um, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always okay. say hire and fire as you may, but keep yeah. going until you find someone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was looking at a, a caregiver. Uh, she's a young woman whose mom has dementia and she was just talking about how long it took her and how many people she actually went through before she found this woman who like just fits like a glove into their family mm-hmm. and she's like doing her mom's hair and taking her mom yeah. to the store and all these things so yeah I'm looking forward to that I know that person is out there and um, you know we'll see if I need to switch agencies or or what but um I'm looking forward to that too. Yes, yes. Yeah, because it's a lot. Um, and so you mentioned being married. That was one of the big reasons that I wanted to find someone else because we relocated um, and we don't have family where we are now. So I don't have that mom or sister to even drop Mason off to or, you know, my, you know, my children are basketball players and, and boys anyway. So I think boys are a lot different than girls. So they won't be babysitting, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we're looking for the, for that, but, um, marriage, let's talk about marriage, um, raising a child with special needs, um, and how to still, um, we talked about this a little bit, but, um, find time for each other when life can be so demanding with the child. Yeah. And I, I think the best piece of advice that I got that I pass on is don't look at other people's marriages as the status quo. Like, yeah. don't say, you know, if I don't have this Valentine's, if I don't have this type of Christmas, he doesn't mm-hmm. love me the way she loves him or he loves her because that's not true. Right. Um, and I think once we stop looking at other people as like the bar, right. As them setting the standard or the bar mm-hmm. to be at, we get a lot happier. Um, Wow. Oh, that was good. Yeah, because I think we look at, and we don't do it intentionally, right? Mm -hmm. We can, because sometimes I still even find myself doing it. Yeah. And then like, wait, and I have to remember, so I don't even like Valentine's. Right. Right. I'm just wanting everything because I see it in the Mm -hmm. store because I see other people. But then I realized, wait, I, you know, to me, it's just, I'll have all this stuff and won't have nowhere to put it. So I I think what we have to do is really start prioritizing our own unit. 
you know, looking inward um, and realizing it's going to look different. And there's seasons like, you know, we've talked about this before. Each marriage goes through seasons. Right. Um, and so there's going to be a season where you have that, but you have mm-hmm. to get through this season and you have to stay present so you can get to the next season. Mm-hmm. If we're so busy looking at someone else or what season they're in, you don't know what they had to do to get there and you never know what they have to do to keep it. So you, you have to keep your eyes and keep your head in your own season. Absolutely. Um, you know, for my husband and I, like I said, we've been together for a while. We used to move across. We lived in different states. We used to travel a lot. But with Drayden, we hadn't been able to do that. That's just yeah. a realistic thing. Um, and it's not to say that we we weren't we won't be able to do it again. You know, we have that planned out for the future. But for now, it's just not in our season. But we've just started going, you know, out of town on trips. You know, yeah. now that we have the support, now that we have the team. But it takes time to get there. And I always tell partners, support each other. You know, mm-hmm. I always like, while I was getting the care set up so we, we could do this, I would tell my husband, I hear what you're saying. I know you miss date nights. I know you miss traveling, but I need you to support me so that way I can get drained in the support so that way we can get back to the things we need. So it's that over communication. I always tell people when you have, because so, we have so much going on with schedulings and Meetings and just all the things you have to over communicate mm-hmm. because I would rather you say, I know you already told me then, oh, that's not how I understood it, or I didn't right. know, or, you know, um, and so I tell people over communicate, stay in the season that you're in and realize you'll be able to get there, but support each other, you know, and I tell mothers too, and I don't say mothers, so this is my experiences, don't get so caught up in your child's diagnosis in life. Mm. because you have to be available to yourself. You have to be available to your partner. You have to be available to the kids, your other kids, if need be, because I think we get so wrapped up and wanted to help or fix or save. And that's why it's so important to have a village because there's been times my village has tapped me on the shoulder and like, you need to check out, right? Like you don't even realize that you need it. And the people around you, when they care about you, they'll tap you, but you need to check out. Wow. Um, and it's good for, you know, your relationship and your marriage too, because right. for us, you know, you get back to laughing and eating foods and listening to music in the car. You forget, you actually like this person, uh-huh. you know, because <laughs> it becomes more like a partnership, right? Like, yeah, I do this, you do this, Come and on. then you forget, right? Yeah. And so if other people are talking about romance and all this, we're not even there yet, right? Come like on. we're still and we're so surviving. Yeah. And that's why I tell people don't look at their season, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because we're in those busy times when you're trying to get us, we're trying to get help at home, when you're trying to get support, when you're trying to get services, when you're trying to heal from, you know, the diagnosis and everything that it's caused, you have to go through that season first. You can't hop over and be somewhere else. Go through that season, but also realize, and that's why I tell people, it's so important. I know it's hard for us to trust, or, you know, we've seen our moms or grandmas do it all. We assume we have to, but it will start affecting, you know, everyone around you. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, don't, you know, for me, like I said, everything had to fall. And I hope that people don't wait till it gets to that point where everything around them's, you know, falling. But I just tell people, invest in your marriage, you know? Yeah, that was so good, Dana. I could literally talk, listen to you talk all day. You need a podcast <laughs> for real. Um, now you, you still, although you are a mom of five and a wife, you have found time to become a business owner too. So tell us a little bit about, you know, come me Drayden and all the things you're doing. 
Yeah, so company Drayden was, um, I work in logistics by trade. So I work in corporate America. Um, and during COVID, when everyone got set, sent home, I was having a lot of feelings of anxiety. I didn't know what to do. I, didn't, I just needed to go. So I went to my counselor and she said, well, let's work on a bucket list. She said, if the world does end and we all do die, let's do all the things we want to do before they, before we pass. Yeah. And being an author was one of them. Um, and so it started off, I was going to write like a parent's perspective, self-help type of book, but I kept getting blocked. I couldn't think of anything, you know, being a creative, sometimes we just know the vision, but we keep getting blocked. Right. Um, and so I asked my other kids, I said, you know, what do you think I should tell people if they had a brother like Drayden, someone that was autistic? And they just kept throwing out ideas, facts, situations. And I was like, okay. So it quickly shifted from what I thought, you know, I wanted to what I knew was needed to be done. Um, and so that's how Drakami Drayden was born and um, made. Yeah, that's awesome. And don't you have candles as well? Yeah, so I have candles as well. I typically have them around April Autism Awareness Month because it's a lot to keep up with. Um, but there's one acceptance and awareness. And they both have different smells. Um, and some of the money goes back to a local nonprofit here in the community that helps parents and caregivers get respite care. Are you going to do that this year? I am. I okay. am going to do it again awesome. this year. I'm, I'm going to revamp it um, okay. a little bit, but you know. Okay, awesome. I, I want to make sure I get some and share. Yes, yes, right. yes. Yeah. So Dana, I could talk to you all day, but we have to wrap it up. Um, yes. So do you have any last words of encouragement for all the moms raising children with disabilities? Yeah, I say the biggest thing that I would say is give yourself grace. Um, really give yourself grace and the true meaning of really give yourself grace because we're doing this without any type of manual nothing we've seen before. And we are really all wanting the best for our children. Um, and also with the idea of you can change your mind. I tell that to parents with kids with disabilities all the time, just because you make a decision, you believe something, you agree to something. Um, when new information is presented to you, when you learn more, when you've been doing this a while, it's okay to change your mind. You can change where you stand on things, where you believe, what type of services, public school, private school, homeschool, out school, ABA, whatever it is that you want to do, you have that authority over your child and over yourself. So trust, you know, listen to other people, get feedback, but at the end of the day, trust that everything that you need is already within you. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show today. I'm excited to share this. Guys, remember that episodes are released every single Wednesday and you always have the option to choose joy. Bye-bye. Bye, Dana. Bye. Thanks for having me.